Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the developer behind the downtime organizer sofa, Sean Hickman. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Charlie. Very happy to be here. Very honored to be here, actually. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Normally, you know, this is an opportunity to see somebody for the first time, or maybe I've seen their face on Twitter or something like that. But mm -hmm. because of the stuff you do on YouTube that we'll get to later, I feel like I'm familiar with your office uh, layout. Like I know <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. where you're at yeah. and position to your space uh, in a way mm -hmm. that I, I don't normally already have uh, sort of pre-baked in my mind. Yeah, I'm always, uh, I, I like ran out the office a little bit. I, th I feel like I need a plant in the back somewhere. People on YouTube have plants and mm -hmm. every time I see one, I go, oh, that's a good looking plant. It's nice. And you need two contrasting uh, like LED lights, like a, like a pink and a blue <laughs> yeah. or a green yeah. and an orange or something, right? That's how you know you're like a tech YouTuber. Yeah, that's true. Right. You have some kind of RGB light, that kind of stuff. 100%. Really shallow depth of field. Yeah. Blur out the background. Don't You don't even want to see the background at all. Just blur. The perfect podcast content is when you talk about stuff that nobody listening can see. Yeah. Since you can see it, I will point out here. I've got a couple green plants here. Literally got those for Christmas. Took them out of the box and put them there so that I don't have a pile of boxes in our house. You know how you do with Christmas stuff. And that's the extent of it. So uh, not yeah. super organized over here yet, but there is some green showing. Your plant game is way better than mine. <laughs> well, they exist. So I guess I have that. <laughs> so props to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, before we get into uh, Sofa and your YouTube channel eventually and all mm -hmm. the stuff you do, I want to give everyone an introduction uh, to who you are other than the lack of your uh, plant background. So yes, the three questions I always ask everybody to, to kick things off here is where are you from? Do you have a formal education related to what you do? And then we can talk about your career leading up to Sofa. Sure. Uh, so I am from uh, suburbs outside of Philly, um, specifically a township called Delco or Delaware County. That's why my voice sounds like this, uh, which, uh, you know, that that'll probably come up. It comes up a lot with people who are not from the area and even from the area. Yeah. I, I want to interject because you said this before we started recording. You said, yeah, I'm from a specific uh, suburb and that's where the accent comes from. So this is like... Yeah. It's not a Philly thing. It's a specific area or, well, outside of Philadelphia? Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand, at some point, there was like a large migration of people from South Philly into the suburbs. And a lot of them made up what is now Delaware County. Oh. And you say, oh, Delaware County, it's in Delaware. And you go, no, it's it's in Pennsylvania. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Delco for short. And it's actually been like made fun of on SNL and stuff. It's kind of like made its way into pop culture a little bit. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But but we're oddly known for the way we pronounce words and stuff like that. So, yeah. You're holding on to the regional accent. I feel like most of those are like <laughs> yeah. waning away in America. I'm representing Delco today. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, Delco. And then the next thing would be uh, like formal education. Yeah. So formal education. Uh, so I went to college for graphic design. So I'm, I'm professionally a designer 
And uh, that was back in 2007 when I graduated graphic design. And that was like advertising focused. Um, you know, people would say, oh, wh oh, what do you do with graphic design? And I would always be like, oh, I make like CD covers, right? Which is, you know, hilarious now. When I graduated, that's the year that the iPhone came out, the first iPhone. And I was like, oh, like, I want to do that. But I had no idea what that even was. I just wanted to do it. You wanted to make cover flow uh, images, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to make all the al album uh, artwork for, for Coverflow. Yeah. You know, formally trained as a graphic designer and then over time got into uh, software, uh, UX, UI, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, eventually writing, writing apps. Yeah. So after, so career leading up to this, uh, so school, I did an internship at the end of like towards the end of my schooling. And it was with like, uh, like an advertising thing we were making, they made like credit card mailers. Ooh, that sounds exciting and fulfilling. And I remember just feeling so much regret. I was like, what did I choose for my career? Like, is this what I'm going to be doing forever? Like, I was just like, I can't do this. My first, my first job out of college or actually internship was uh, insurance claims processing. So well, there you go. Similar yeah. level of uh, excitement and fulfillment. I'm surprised you're not still doing it. Isn't it so much fun? Is yeah, it, well, not, you know, yeah. so you can only handle so much of the heat, right? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really intense uh, area, you know. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't handle the game, you got to get out. You know, that's what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, like the you know the iPhone was uh, was announced towards the end. So then I started trying to get mobile design jobs. I was like, oh, I can, I'll do mobile design, but everywhere would say, uh, well, you need like four to five years of experience designing for mobile. And then I would say, well, the iPhone just came out. Like, how is that even possible? Like, how would anyone have that experience? Unless you were designing for like BlackBerry or something. Yeah, win Windows Mobile. Uh, you weren't all over that? Uh, yeah, win yeah, Palm. that's right. Because it, it had like the start menu at the bottom and everything. Yeah, like yeah. That was, yeah. I did have a Palm Trio back in the day too, Ooh. So, which I liked quite a bit. And now I work uh, as a design manager at a design firm in Philly uh, called Think Company. So I've been there for the past eight years. Nice. Okay. And how, like, were you doing uh, indie stuff on the side this whole time? Or was Sofa kind of your first play in that space? Sofa has like a longer story than people probably know. So when I was at QVC. You should do a podcast about that. I should do it. Do you know anyone <laughs> I could do that? I'll, I'll ask around. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got to find someone. Um, so uh, at QVC, I met two Two co-workers uh one was a uh they were both developers one was uh, ios one was a web developer hit it off and we actually you know got together and made the first version of sofa uh this was back in 2015 okay and the very first version was like only movies like you could only add movies to it and it was very discovery focused so we would like curate these lists of movies that that you could you know watch and then like you could add them to a list if you want to watch them later was the whole database like did you enter everything in or were you using something like uh was it the movie database yeah so the movie yeah the movie database was our you know main data okay. source and then um we built just like a little cms and our own little like api layer over that uh to power the like curated list that we, yeah, yeah. that we put together so that was 2015 and then uh you know life got busy for for everybody i'm still very good friends with both of those guys 
but I wanted to keep going with it. Like I had more ideas and, and I was like, oh, I think there's something here. I said, all right, well, I'll figure it out. Like I'll learn iOS development and build an app, right? Like how hard could it be, right? Famous last words. Uh, it was very hard. And <laughs> uh, in, in 2017, I launched like Sofa 2.0, which was like completely different app from the, from the original and very, very simple. Like, you know, it was like a baby app at first. Was it more simple than the 1.0 version? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was literally just like, you can make lists and then you can put either movies or TV shows into those lists. That's it. Like okay. it was, and it was almost like a to-do list. You could like check yeah, stuff yeah. off. I like reached out to someone in the press to like, hey, would you like to write a review about this? And they very kindly said, uh, your app's maybe a little too basic at this point. Maybe reach out when it's, you know, when it's a little more fleshed out. And I, I was like, that was a very nice way to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since 2017, just been, you know, iterating on it ever since. So. Wild. So was the first version like, let's see, 2017, was it paid up front or did you have subscriptions at that point already? No. So subscriptions, I only recently introduced in July of 2021. So originally it was just free. Because to be honest, like I was like, this is not good enough for anyone to pay for. So after after a little bit, I did... I actually did change it to a paid app. So it was then $4.99. I think I made like a hundred bucks or something over a couple months. What was your like aspiration? Like, were you thinking this will eventually be something that I'll make paid, you know, before you, you switched yeah, it to paid? Yeah. Okay. So the idea was I'll build this up to something at some point. Yeah. I've always wanted it to be a like full-time business and all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's moving towards that direction, which is great, but it's, I've obviously like, I had a very uh, meandering journey on the way there. Man, that's fascinating. Okay, so trying to think. So this is, it's been around for a while, but I feel like what you're describing and what I think of as Sofa, or at least when it Mm -hmm. came on my radar, are very different things. So like, I guess just kind of walk us through that journey to get up to there. Uh, Like subscription or like business model changes, but also just how you added onto it in terms of uh, finding areas of value from people. Yeah, so first released in 2017, Sofa 2.0 was free. And then uh, I forget when I changed it to a paid app when it was $4.99, maybe like a year later or something like that. And at that point, I'd add it. You could add like podcasts to it. um, You could add books to it. So there was like, there was more things there. And where was that coming from? Was that like you had sort of a roadmap in your head or these are things you found yourself wanting or were you getting feedback from people and that was sort of driving what features you added back in december of 2022 i released uh i'm going to be jumping all over the place charlie no, just yeah. fyi yeah uh so in uh last december of 2022 i released sofa uh 3.4 and that was like there's features in that version that i have been wanting since 2017 right like you can have shared lists with like your spouse or your friend or something. Right. And right now it's like, it's a beta feature. Uh, Cause there's, there's some iOS 16 quirkiness to uh, iron out there. There's that there's shortcut support. Like there's, there's a couple things that I feel like it's at a point where it, the foundation is there. And now I can really start iterating on uh, like the core product in new ways. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's almost like, the the sort of vision you had in your head is really only recently fully realized and now you're at that point of like 
how do you build on top of that? Yeah, that's how I feel about it. You know, a lot of the stuff is, you know, you, you go down some, some directions and you're like, oh, that didn't work. Feedback from people, I would, you know, people, coworkers and stuff who would use it, who were very generous with their time. But I remember when I was doing the paid app, it was $4.99 and I was telling my uncle about it. He's like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like I was just explaining the app and I literally watched him go to the app store and he said, <laughs> it's like, he's like $4.99. He's like, I don't pay for apps. I was like, bro, are you serious? Oh, like, I've run into this You're a lot. my uncle. What the <laughs> hell? Yeah. So, um, and I was like, wow, if I can't get my uncle to pay for this, like what shot do I have here? So that's when um, I actually then made the app free again all over the place, right? And actually, uh, th so in 2020, I, I added themes, like custom themes and stuff like that. And I started selling themes individually, thinking like, oh, okay, like maybe I make a bunch of different themes. They're really, really nice or just like quirky in different ways. People will buy them and they'll be like a dollar or two dollars or something like that. And that with enough volume, that would be, that would be okay. Like the, like filters or something uh, for camera apps. I, I've heard you talk about the, uh, almost like the hesitancy of like charging for stuff. And when I look back, uh, I'm like, oh, I think I was just scared to do subscription and I yeah. should have just done it. You know, like that was the obvious decision that I was just like afraid to do. And I was like, well, I'll try this other thing first and then, you know, and then I'll change it if it doesn't work. So, yeah. And then in 2021, uh, July of 2021, Sofa 3.0 came out with the subscription to Super Sofa, which is like the, the pro version. Which is a fantastic name, by the way. Yeah. Thanks, man. I feel like it's hard to come up with a, like, I, I went through this a lot because I was like, I don't want to just slap pro at the end or plus at the end because that's yeah. what everybody does. But what I realize is like, it's really hard to come up with a cutesy name. That's also very clear and obvious that this is a pro version of it, but super is almost, it, it has the same connotation, but it works so well with sofa that I feel like you kind of, uh, you kind of pulled it off having a sort yeah. of cutesy unique name. That's also clear. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Uh, sometimes I wonder if, if like some of it is too cute. It's like the first time you go to Starbucks and you say, oh, can I get a large coffee? And they go, you want a venti? Yeah. And you go, I, I don't know. Is that a large? I'll take that. You just kind of roll your eyes like, uh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you have to like know the language, right? So yeah, it's like a fine line between that stuff. Yeah, and it is tricky. And like, I feel like there's a reason everybody, it, it's kind of like all the TV subscription apps being plus now at the end. It's like everything's plus. It's easy to make fun of it, but also it's a real, like when you're in the position of naming something or marketing something and you go, oh, there's a very, very small number of characters thing I can slap on that is immediately understood by everybody. Like that's a, that's a golden goose that's really hard to replace. 100%. Yeah. And if I was doing the super sofa stuff like today, like net new, I may call it sofa plus, right? Like, you know, just to lean into that more. Yeah. But yeah, super sofa, I think is, uh, it's fun. It's fun to say for sure. Yeah. That's the point of the app too. <laughs> sometimes I think like it's to be fun. Right. Uh, but sometimes I think like, oh, I should come up with like an even better version that is like super duper sofa, mm. you know, but then that just gets like really stupid. So I, I probably won't do that. So you've mentioned a couple times getting feedback from people and like, yeah, looking at your suite of things that you have now, I feel like, mm -hmm. like I know you have a discord and 
there's a community, a whole community page in your website. And it's kind of like a concept that you seem to really be leaning into, but I'm assuming you didn't have that, uh, whenever you had an app that was, you know, just one list that you could add to. So like, how did, what was sort of the journey to get to where you are now? And why do you have so much stuff around that? Dude, community stuff is hard. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to like explain this, but I'm not like, um, I'm not good at participating in communities. I'm good at like lurking in communities, even like on Twitter or, you know, I'm like I'm on Mastodon now, like, like we all are. My natural reaction is to not say anything and not post ever. It's just to like watch other people, right? Yep. And just kind of like absorb it. So it actually takes a lot of effort and energy to even write anything on these, on these platforms. But, um, there's, there's like things where I've been inspired by, um, certain products that I have just done it well. And maybe it's just like kind of luck how it happens, but like, uh, the app obsidian, uh, like their discord community is, and even their forums are just wild. Like, yeah, so good. Just so much great information. People are just, they just like are obsessed with obsidian. It's definitely a, one of those cult type projects No, or 100%. notion is similar. Notion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I almost yeah. said Rome. And then I realized I'm just listing all of the, uh, <laughs> the PKM stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the PK. What is that? PKM, uh, PKM. personal knowledge management. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I'm there you myself go. as, as a nerd in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, it's great because when you're getting into a product like that yourself, which you're like, oh, is this any good? The community is like a feature of it, really. Yeah, for because sure. you get to learn how other people set stuff up. You can reach out for help, all that kind of stuff. So if you think about from, um, hey, I'm one person, like, you know, like being an indie developer, you kind of need all the help you can get. And there's a lot of, I think, just mutual benefit to having a closer connection and like line of communication between yourself and people who either use the product or just fans of it for getting feedback uh for helping other people like you know ideally things go well like hey they can help with like support <laughs> because someone asks a question and it's like well, maybe someone else jumps in and, and answers right like maybe i can't get to it right away or something but also like they have a hand in i think shaping the product at this point too because i'm trying to post more as i'm working which again is very unnatural uh feels feels very uncomfortable but i'm trying to do it more and it actually is nice because stuff i'm working on where it's just like you know like you have an idea and you're just kind of like riffing on it and then someone points something out and you go oh yeah that's actually a good point like i i'll fix that right i'll, I'll do it in real time and you do it before you ship anything and those people have a hand in actually making the product better which i think Again, it's just like a nice little uh, mutual ecosystem if if it all goes well. Like I'm always so jealous of uh, thinking of indies. I think of like drafts or uh, yeah. even like Christian Seelig with Apollo. Yeah. I feel like most apps that can pull it off, it's like, it's sort of like the creative, productive, like life hacky that's not the right term. I don't know what the right term is. Well, maybe it's the acronym you said a minute ago, but, uh, PKM PK. It's all about the PKM. Get in there, man. Get in there. <laughs> but like, it's, it's hard to have a, 
I feel like it's only certain niches of apps that can kind of have that. I guess Apollo is not that at all, but it's a Reddit app, so it makes sense that yeah, a network built around communities would also form a good community. But like, there's so many benefits if you can pull that off. Yeah. But I imagine it's also, there's also some trickiness to it, right? Like, like, do you find yourself having to do moderation or I guess I don't know what size you're dealing with, but yeah, it's small right now. So like the discord server has like, I think less than a hundred people in it. Okay. Very manageable at this point. Yeah. I'm worried about it too, to be honest with you. So I had a, I actually had a, I set up a, a forum discourse forum and also, can we talk about the names of these products? Discourse and Discord. Like, who did this? Mm, mm, yeah, who that's a little too close, this? isn't it? Yeah. Very confusing. Um, so, yeah, Discourse is the forum stuff. And I actually had that set up like you would go to like forum.sofahq.com. And I ran that for like a year. And it was just like too much work. Mm. I shut it down at, at the beginning of 2022 because it was just... I still have a full-time job. I'm doing this on the side. Like I have to be very picky with where I'm putting my time. Right. And that was, it was just taking up too much of my time uh, to kind of check and, and all that stuff. And I was paying for it too. It was, just, you know, it was like a hosted thing. Yeah. I set up a, I set up a Reddit whenever I first made dark noise. And actually I think it's still out there and it's, there's even a link to it in the app and like every once in a while, somebody will post in there. Yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't know of a way to get notifications on that. And I didn't, I got out of the habit of checking it because, yeah. you know, and then I'd go there and there'd be like other people would answer the question, but then somebody would ask something and there'd just be nothing for like two months. And I'd be like, oh my yeah. gosh, I can't believe. Uh, but I did find out IF, IF, FT, IFTT. Wow. I can't remember. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot about that. I don't remember what it stands for. Anyway, if I'll this, link it then in the that. If this, then that. Thank you. <laughs> PKM is what you're thinking of. <laughs> Struggling with the acronyms tonight. But that that there is a way with that that I could set up some sort of notification. Actually, you know what? Now Apollo, we which we just mentioned, the Reddit app, uh, it has uh notifications on subreddits that you can set up. I think I did not. Maybe it's that. with just with Apollo Ultra. I'm not sure. If you don't have it and you use Reddit. I pay for it. No, no, Ultra's I, I, worth it. Yeah, it's good. I use Apollo every day. I love it. I I probably sound like a moron. I didn't know. I didn't know you could set up the notifications for like well, specific I mean, credits. Not yeah. knowing a feature that's in Apollo is definitely a forgivable offense because yeah, that's there's fair. thank you a billion of them. Um, I needed that. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. Very, very kind. Yeah, Christian, I'll send you my uh, invoice for your accidental ad uh, later today. But yes, Apollo, go get it. It definitely is a a thing that you have to keep up with, or it can turn on you, mm -hmm. and that's especially true with just support in general. Actually. Maybe this is a little rabbit hole we can go down because we're recording yeah. at night, so you're getting uh, unstructured, Charlie. How do you deal with support? I've noticed your website is, one, beautiful, but two, has a lot of things regarding yeah. frequently asked questions and, and support and community features. How do you manage that? Because I have been spectacularly failing uh, with Dark Noise with keeping up with email, and I, I don't know what to do yeah. since I don't have... A, it's not my full-time job, and I can't say... I spend four hours every Friday morning or something on it. I, I don't know how to deal with it. It can be a lot of times. Um, what I do that is what, so what's helped me is if I get a question from someone via email, it's pretty common that, or it's pretty likely that someone else is going to have that question. Yeah. So what I will do is I will 
set aside 15 minutes and just write that up as like, you know, a support document on the website. And then I will just, here's the link, right? Like, oh, I have an answer to that. Here's the link. I can't tell you how much time it's saved long-term to take 10 to 15 minutes, write up the support page. And then the number of times I share just the link instead of rewriting it is it's, it's wild. It's like every time I go, oh, I'm so glad I did this, you know, in the moment it's, it's easy. It's easy to just like not do it. Right. Like there's times where I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. Right. But I've been saved so many times by it that it, it's just worth it. It's like, I'm asking a, you know, 102 year old man, how did you do it? How did you stay so healthy? And they're like, I ate my vegetables and took a walk every day. Like, it's like, oh, right. Yes. There yeah. is an easy answer to this. And I'm just not doing the hard thing once. And instead I'm taking the lazy approach, but yes, uh, we'll just say that that was an aside for the sake of the audience. Uh, so they could hear that advice. Um, and not because I have not been doing that. Easy just said than done. And, uh, but yeah, there's, I mean, you know, like there's, there's periods where like the email support just like gets a little too high. That's the thing. And that's, that's what happens to me is where it's like, you get overwhelmed with it. And then it's like, well, I can't stop and focus on getting this uh, support stuff all written and yeah. built up because I'm trying to get through all these emails and then the emails go away and then you stop, you know, focusing on that. Right. Yeah, it's a, I think it's just like a forever struggle to just, you know, do your best. Do you, know? you use, do you just use like normal email or do you have some yeah. kind of help triage system or service or something? I just do it the dumb way. I just have like an email address that people, and it just comes in and I go, all right, I'll answer this email now. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I, I know there are better tools out there, but I, part of me kind of likes the, just the like, yeah, it's just email. I don't know. Like, it's just really simple. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it to be honest with you. So. To kind of pull back into a normal show here. We, we already talked about the fact that you did switch over to subscriptions, but we haven't talked about how that actually went. Um, yeah. So one, the switch itself, but then also how has that like impacted the business? Yeah. Uh, it's been great. So, so it's been a year and a half since uh, subscriptions have launched and I'm like, man, I wish I did it sooner. Like so, so good. It's, it's scary at first because you're like, all right, like I'm asking for real money here. And, and I get feedback from, uh, from people. This is not very frequent, but like you can even see on the app store page, this is too expensive, right? This is too expensive. And I think compared to other apps, like uh, a personal plan for the year is 35 bucks for the year. Right. And, uh, if you compare that to Apollo, which is like, I think it's like 10 bucks a year. It's like super cheap. I think he's under, he's, he's, he's underpriced. Got, he's got scale yeah. too, though. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say anything yeah. about yeah. his business necessarily because I don't have inside knowledge, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely, he, he's definitely playing on a different, you know, stratosphere, I feel like in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the, I'll hear that feedback and stuff, but like the growth over the past year and a half has been really great and I'm, I'm not picking up on any signs that like 
it's overpriced. If things are growing, plenty of people are, are very happy to pay. And uh, yeah, I would. So in uh, I did like a 2022 year in yeah. review uh, video. And in that, I was like, I was, I was talking to my wife and I was like, I don't know what to share here. Like, I am not comfortable. Like, you know, I was taught growing up, like, you don't talk about money. Don't do that. Right. Like, that's rude. That's weird. And I'm, I'm like not comfortable, like sharing numbers. So I, in that video, I was like, okay, what can I share that I am comfortable with or kind of comfortable with? And that was just like year over year growth. And you like, you did a good job of prepending that with i know like you don't know what the initial numbers are like 100 percent. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah i thought yeah. that was great like that's my comfort level to, at this point but i also know that like as like indie developers information that kind of information is really helpful for us so i i feel uh, a mix of like guilt by not like giving back to like that community that i've learned a ton from and have benefited from but I'm also like, I don't know, man. It's my, it's like financial stuff. And that's, I don't know, that's pretty private. So it's, it's um, a weird, it's a really weird subject in part because of the same. Yeah. Like companies are always yeah. like, don't talk to other employees about how much you pay or how much <laughs> right. you're paid, which yeah. of course they're yeah. not supposed to do. And there's that angle yeah. of it, but then they do anyway. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a bunch of weird financial things, but even, even if you, like I, especially cause you know, my stuff all started really small. I didn't have any qualms about it. And I'd watched, I've talked about this on the show before, but I'd watched Jordan yeah. Morgan, uh, be extremely open and thought that was helpful. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I'll just do the same thing. Yeah. But like since dark noise has grown some, and in my opinion has grown despite me and the lack of, you know, time and uh, <laughs> yeah. skill or whatever you want to say that I was able to put towards it. There is an element, even, even once you've accepted, like, I'm just going to share everything where you start feeling guilty sharing everything. Cause you're like, am yeah. I giving a false like pretense to somebody? Like I got super yeah. lucky and somebody could do all the same things as me and the numbers are way lower. And am I actually making it worse by putting this out there? And I think it's just yeah. like, uh, saying anything publicly is uncomfortable. Correct. And so saying things or not saying things, I don't know. I think there's pros and cons to anything. So everybody has to come to what they're comfortable with. But but even yeah. if you share everything, it's not like uh, now you feel like you're, you know, on top of the world and whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a weird topic. But when people do it, I I love it. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm learning. This is awesome. Yeah, so that's that's where like my guilt comes from because I feel like I'm uh, withholding, you know. So no, because what you're doing, uh, and I, we can just go ahead and jump into this. I, I have a whole topic on different marketing things, but one of the marketing things sure. that, that you've done is you have a YouTube channel, yeah. But it's not like just here's the features of Sofa or here's how you can do yeah. a power user thing in Sofa. It's also like here's a behind the scenes look at how I created my press kit like that's literally you have a video about that which is obviously not just for you selling you know copies of of sofa it's it's for the community and i feel like that kind of stuff is arguably a lot more beneficial even where did that all kind of come from yeah so i mean i watch a lot of youtube like an unhealthy amount maybe but it's great um i mean i i mean so many people say it's like just the things you can learn on youtube 
it's just unbelievable. Most of the things I've learned about iOS development, I learned on YouTube. It's it's just so good. And um, one of the things I, there's like, um, photography is a hobby of mine. And that whole like area of YouTube is very interesting because they do tons of behind the scenes stuff. And I'm like, like one of the things I love watching, which is, it's going to sound really weird, but I love watching behind the scenes videos of photographers at weddings because to me, it's something I would never want to do because the stress, it just seems like, don't screw this up. Like there's one shot here and they just kill it. They just do so well. And they're also like shooting behind the scenes stuff as they're, you know, doing this person's wedding. But it's, it's such a great way to learn too, like as a, you know, to learn photography. And then there's this also, uh, the POV videos of photographers, they like hook a GoPro up to their chest and then like walk around and take pictures. And it's such a great way to learn how they take pictures, like how they frame stuff, what their settings are, what they're seeing, what they're not seeing, that kind of stuff. And so bringing that back to Sofa, um, I mean, I'm doing stuff all the time, right? Like I have the website, I, I, I make a press kit. You know, we talked about like support pages and stuff like that. I think, I actually think there's an overabundance of content for indie developers around code, right? Which is yeah. great. I don't need to contribute to that, right? Because my code ain't going to help anybody, right? <laughs> like there are way better people for that. But when it comes to like, uh, kind of your kind of product infrastructure, right? And how you do things and how you can scale yourself to be a little bit bigger than just one person. Um, I think that stuff's really interesting. And um, I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I have ideas and opinions here that I think are worth sharing and people can learn from. Like you can take, just take a little nugget that you like from the video and use it. You know, that's fine. You don't have to use the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It It's kind of like, it's like getting to work with somebody yeah. in the sense that uh, like so much of what I know how to do professionally is because I worked with people, at least I used mm-hmm. to work with people in the same space and you just see how they do things and like yeah. hear people's thought processes as you go. Um, and especially in the indie scene, but even on top of that in the like indie marketing, running a business, uh, whatever you want to call that world. Most of us are doing that much more. Uh, insular from from the world right so like twitter was pretty much the only space where i feel like i ever saw that kind of stuff really talked about uh like Mm -hmm. like a press kit people might talk about it there but see like i feel like your video i got like a dozen things from that i literally have some notes uh from when i watched that one where i'm like ooh, or not notes but i threw it into my uh (laughs) you got feedback from me yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean like the idea yeah. of using Notion, like, of course, I knew that that's a thing you could do. Sure. And yeah. when I first, like, when you first brought up that you use Notion for your press kit, I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of a clever idea. But, like, I have a system that kind of works well for me. But then there was a couple more things that you said where I was like, hmm, maybe I should really consider that. And then by the end of it, I'm like, all right, I'm adding a task to research. Uh, so, like, what would it be like to switch this over to Notion or, or Craft or one of those? Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Because it solved a couple little problems. And it's like, I knew that existed because people have talked about stuff like that on on Twitter. But watching you and hearing you talk through 
why you did it is a big yeah. part of, you know, what sort of got my brain chugging on that idea. Um, so I, I love that kind of stuff. That's cool, man. That's nice. Yeah. I have, I mean, I've ideas for tons more videos like that. Um, and I never want to be like preachy with stuff. Um, it's just more like, Hey, this is what I did. Here's why I did it. And if, if it's helpful for you, great. You know, um, cause I, you know, everyone's situation's different and it may not be a one-to-one -one match for, uh, for what people need. So, but I do think that, um, you might say like, okay, that stuff's great for like developers and stuff. I think people are just interested though, right? Like people use apps all the time, but they have no clue where it comes from. They don't know who makes them. They don't know what's involved. And I think like one of my long-term ideas with the YouTube stuff, because the YouTube channel is like crazy small, right? Like it's, and that's totally fine. But the long-term idea is that, okay, I'm, you know, I'm asking people to pay real money for this thing. They have no idea who I am. And they may not even know, they may think like, we hear the joke all the time. Like everyone thinks just Apple makes all the apps, right? Yeah. So I have intentionally and uncomfortably put my face in, in different parts of the app and like the marketing stuff uh, and with the YouTube channel more as a way to show that like, there's like a real person here and it's not just like some big companies just trying to like cash grab stuff it, and look at all the work that I do for this. Like this is, this yeah. takes time. This is, takes a lot of effort and I mean, gang, 35 bucks a year is not expensive. I'm sorry. It's, it's just not like it's not. So, you know, that's a hill I will die on. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like, cause I do the, I do the same kind of thing. I feel like I, a lot of my support requests and even reviews a lot of times will literally call me up by name. They'll be like, Hey, Charlie, or yeah, uh, Charlie's a great, you know, whatever. Um, which is awesome when it's positive. Awesome. But like, yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, like I've talked to a lot of people and on this show about this exact thing where it's like, there's a point whenever you're doing a thing on the side in our community, most people using it at first, are probably going to be other people in our community because that's who you reach. Right. But if you start getting traction on the store, the majority of people that are downloading your app, you got that acquisition through the app store. Like there's no, they didn't go to your website. They didn't, don't know who you are on Twitter. I doubt that they're on their, your YouTube page. So like, yeah, do I you also yeah. integrate, you know, your face or your name or anything like that in the app itself? Uh, yeah. In the settings page. Um, like if you scroll to the bottom, my, uh, my very beautiful face is there. Okay. Uh, so your actual face like, is there. Yeah. I didn't notice that before. And it's small enough so that I look better. Uh, you know, <laughs> if it was bigger, if it was bigger, it would be, it wouldn't be horrifying. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, just subtle ways. And again, like it's, you know, that's also like kind of buried, right? It's like in the settings all the way at the bottom. Right. Um, which is fine. Right. Again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like hit people over the head with this. Uh, but for those that are kind of curious, it can be helpful. Most people are probably not going to care though, you know, which is fine. Right. It's nice whenever that stuff's uh, surrounding the parts where they start 
like trying to solve a problem. Like <laughs> if you can find the areas where people are frustrated and at those points make it more obvious that it's a single human being behind this. Uh, yeah. I feel like maybe that helps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Like you just said it, like people say, call you out by name, like, oh, hey, Charlie. People do it to me too through support emails. I like that. I think it's nice, you know, because yeah. like they know it's me, right? It's not, it's not like to whom it may may concern, right? Kind of thing. Or like, dear company. It's like, hey, Sean, there's this problem. Can you please help me? So it's nice. Yeah, there's definitely a different voice in support emails when somebody realizes you're a person. Because I, I also get support emails that'll, that'll be like referencing the team or uh, you all or, you know, yeah, words like that where it's like, oh, this person thinks I'm a company company. Um, yeah. And then when I respond, I'm a little more, I mean, I'm always pretty personal because usually I'm trying to reply on my phone while, you know, my kids are brushing their teeth or something. Oh, yeah. And like the next reply that you get back, you know, if the person's angry or whatever, is usually a lot more uh, human, if that makes sense. 100%. It's a great way to diffuse any kind of tension that's there, you know. I imagine there's arguments for the other way in terms of, especially depending on the type of app that you're building. If if you want the trust of being a company and not sure. an individual, because there's an assumption you make whenever you download software and it's like, oh, this is some guy in you know, their mom's basement or whatever making this. And you kind of have a idea in your head of what level of support and quality you should get out of this. Um, but I guess if the app speaks for itself, then by the time they've gotten to the, the point of realizing you're a person... They already know that this is a an app with the quality that you've already presented. And there's like a, you know, most people don't write in, right? Like there's also like yeah. the, there's the selection of folks who actually take the time to do it, which is awesome. But most people, if they run into an issue or if they have a question, they probably just like, I, I guess I, I can't figure this out. I guess it's broken, you know, and then they just like put it away. I struggled for a long time figuring out how to do your, like my signature at the end of an email that's like a genuine support this person's having trouble, yeah. you know, because it always feels weird saying thanks with an exclamation point, Charlie, uh, you know, salutations felt a little too formal. Yeah. Um, and what, yeah. what I kind of landed on most of the time is thanks for reaching out. And it, that yeah. wording that's a hits good one. to that like point that. that you just made of like, most people don't reach out. And yeah. I want to signal like, I'm really grateful that you didn't just bail or leave a bad review. You actually pinged me. Yes. And so that that's kind of why, like, <laughs> probably nobody that gets my emails cares what the signature is, but it makes it easier for me to send them now, uh, having that kind of at the end of most of them. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing, uh, if it's a super sofa subscriber who emails me, I'll say every time, thanks for your support every time. Yeah. So, and like, cause it's true. Thank you. Like, that's amazing that dude, isn't it weird that like you made something and someone bought it? Like dude, someone it spent money. Still. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I've said that on the show too, but like, like when support email gets heavy, which I'm in a phase right now where it's a little heavier, I don't have this feeling mm. admittedly, but there are times where I'll get a support email that like in iOS 16 or in iOS, uh, like dot update broke something or even an update that I pushed out broke something and it'll happen right after one of those things happen. And th my initial feeling is usually not like, Oh, I gotta go fix this. It's like, 
somebody noticed <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there's a human yeah, being behind these yeah. numbers you yeah. know like uh, yeah that <laughs> yeah. is that is actually like a really nice feeling surprisingly oh it's it's amazing like someone cares enough to even like write an email it's just it's so nice yeah yeah, yeah. even even the I haven't gotten like a super mean one, but the ones that are maybe a little, there's a little, uh, a little aggressiveness behind it, you know? Uh, hey, thanks for writing in. That's cool. You know, you care enough to, you care enough to get mad. That's cool. You know? Yeah. I haven't had to deal with the, like the really angry thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm very girded up for it. Uh, preparing for this <laughs> subscription switch because usually the most, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. Hostile is not the right word, but like, yeah, the ones that make me feel a little tense, uh, are usually the ones that are like, thank you so much for not being one of the horrible, mean, angry, <laughs> terrible, awful money grabbing developers that uses subscriptions. And I'm kind of like, Oh no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a threat, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and they're probably not meaning it that way, you know, but yeah, but it always feels that way to me. Like you're going to come back for me, aren't you? Uh, I mean, they might, right? Well, hopefully um, they won't, because I'm not going to like, yeah, take yeah. it away from somebody who's already paid. But yeah, how are you? Uh, how are you doing with all that? Is that is that getting close? You think? And if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I'm always afraid I'm going to like turn this into me talking about my things show. So oh, you're fine. Uh, I try Dude, not it's your to. Show. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, people aren't here for me though. They're here for you. Um, no, that's not true. But uh, but no, I'm a decent ways into it. I uh. You know, there was a bunch of <laughs> company, my jobby job stuff that all, uh, all kind of got crazy for a little bit. That was making me really drive on a lot of these things. Um, I bet. Yeah. And so I'm on the other side of that. And now the jobby jobs taking a little bit more of my brain power. So I, I've slowed down a little bit, but my, probably my top priority right now is to get that switch taken care of because it's yeah. hev weighing heavily on my brain and also i keep hearing things from people like you saying yeah. i just wish i had switched it sooner and i'm like i'm already i've already made the decision now i just want it to be switched over and yeah to deal with these consequences but i i work very slowly deliberately oh, so do I. is the word i yeah. use but really what i mean is scared scaredly um <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fear is real. Oh my the god! Fear, the yeah. fear of messing things up, of bugs, of yeah, any of that stuff. I'm I'm a very slow developer, but um, yeah. Well, I'm slower than you. It's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sometimes I'm like, when I, am I even like, how did I make it here? You know, like how did I get here? It's crazy how like continually working on something. When you look back, you you've you've traveled forward like <laughs> if, yeah like walking really yeah. really slowly for multiple years still gets you somewhere um yes and that's that's the thing that's been weird with i think and maybe you've experienced this too uh but like by being so public about what i'm working on mm -hmm. um it, it's sort of this natural driver to like get back to the thing that people in my head know me for sure um and because of that, even when I'm in like the downtimes where I'm just not moving or anything, I'm still just like plugging away at little tickets I can pull or little small things yeah. I can do. Um, and then when those iOS 16 or iOS updates come out or new features or whatever happen, then I like kind of pull it together and get a couple of features all, all at once. 
But then, yeah, when you look back on it, you're like, you know, I actually did make some stuff, didn't I? Like, this is moving forward. It's not as stagnant as it feels like in my head. Yeah. Just, I mean, just showing up. It's like, just show up regularly and you'll make progress. Even if it's like little bits at a time. This episode of Launched is brought to you by ImpressKit. So you've created something great, and now you have to find the people who will use it. An essential tool to help you get the word out is a press kit. A press kit is a one-stop shop for journalists to get all the information and assets they could need to write about your product. They're much more likely to write about your app if you can make their job easier. And the quickest way to create a high-quality press kit is ImpressKit. ImpressKit is built from the ground up for app developers to quickly build beautiful, streamlined press kits with no code required. Setting up a press kit can take as little as 15 minutes. You can also easily manage press releases, find journalist contacts, and read guides to help you create and build the most effective press kit. To get started today, visit impresskit.net, where you can find live demos and start your free trial. And launched listeners can get a special 25% discount on their first year by entering launched at checkout. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-E-D at checkout. Thank you so much to ImpressKit for being the very first sponsor of Launched. So, okay, <laughs> we're, we're talking about marketing right now. Um, man, you're yeah. really getting late night, Charlie, here uh, with the, oh, with the tangents. <laughs> so there was a couple of other things I did want to talk about. So we talked about the YouTube channel. I don't even know if we talked yeah. about why you started. Oh, yeah, we did. We talked a lot about why you started the YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a couple other things that you've talked about. Uh, one of them is doing some paid sponsorships advertisements for yeah different things like there was some podcasts that you did last year um, yeah i'm curious well again why you chose to do that and then how, mm-hmm. how it went yeah so um i mean marketing is like i feel like i've you know this this podcast is great because i've i've got to hear so many other developers talk about stuff like this and i feel like marketing is the one thing that keeps coming up is like yeah, this is like, I don't really know what to do or it's really hard and all that stuff. Um, and also like just getting attention is just so hard. Like, yeah, because everyone is screaming for attention, like everybody, whether it's on Twitter uh, or, you know, just social media or whatever. Um, and I like the realization I came to is that there, the, the market is so saturated in terms of apps that I'm going to have to pay for some attention as opposed to like earning it from, from scratch. Like I, I just kind of like accepted that and I'm okay with it. Like that's, that's fine. Like most businesses have to pay to advertise. That's yeah. kind of how it works. Right. Like that's pretty normal. Right. Um, if you go to like any local business in your town, they're like, yeah, yeah, we have to advertise. I don't really know what's the problem right like that's that's how it works um the reason i wanted to start with podcast is uh when i when i was thinking about the sponsors or the ads that i have come across in different media whether it's like you i don't really see youtube ads anymore because i have youtube premium but um whether it was like youtube or on twitter or like you know instagram ads are amazing um, like they're, <laughs> because you're always like, oh, that looks good. It looks good. Um, but the stuff that I always valued was a lot of it comes from podcast, to be honest with you. There's something about hearing 
the hosts read it. Oh yeah. That it just hits different. It just does. And so that's why I wanted to do that and start there. And again, I'd never written ad copy before. So I was like, okay, I have to write ad copy. So I like went back and like, I was like really listening to ads in a different way than I was before. Um, so, uh, yeah. So then I, and I picked a, a few Apple centric podcasts, like connected, um, focused, uh, the talk show at the end of the year sponsored. Um, I actually even sponsored daring fireball over the summer. Um, like the site. Oh, the website. Yeah. Which, uh, so this is going to sound weird, but like, I remember thinking, I was like, Oh, one day I want, I want to, I want to sponsor that. Like, I, like I've like many of us read daring fireball yeah. for years and I was, I just like, Oh yeah, I want to do that one day. And I did it over the summer. It was great. And sponsoring a talk show was great. And, and all the other podcasts was great. And I think the, the way I'm thinking of it is it's not like direct advertising, or like direct response where I'm expecting immediate returns on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about a lot of products that you come across or a lot of brands, you just, you get hit with so much stuff now that you may actually need to hear something a few times or come across right. something a few times before you actually do anything about it. So there's a name for that, right? Is that brand advertising or yeah. Brand advertising. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. like your Coca-Cola is sponsoring yeah. a skateboarding event or something. And it's like, obviously they're, they don't have a special URL that everybody that goes to that event is, you know, going to Coca-Cola.com slash right. Extreme. And they can directly attribute that, but it's, it's like, <laughs> right, a, right. Getting yeah. their name more, more well known, I guess. Yeah, or just keeping it in people's minds, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, like I'm literally starting from zero, right? Like nobody knows who Sofa is and who I am. So I'm I'm my approach to this is definitely more long term. Mm -hmm. And I uh I am very happy with how everything performed this year, uh, in terms of like ROI, right? Like let's talk about ROI, bro, right? <laughs> um I, that's probably the word I hate the most is the word really? ROI. Oh. Yeah. It's, you got to pronounce it Roy word. in your head or Roy. I like Roy. Yeah. yeah Roy is fun. Do they, do they have a uh, Roy? We can, if we can say EBITDA, we can say Roy. <laughs> You're pulling out the weird ones. That's good. EBITDA. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about EBITDA. Um, yeah. So, and the podcast stuff is, is, it's like a form of brain advertising and direct response where like I did say, hey, go to sofahq.com well, right. slash yeah. the talk show, right? So I am able to see some metrics from that, but it's also not a guarantee that people will go click on it, right? Because they might just go to the app store or they might just not do anything. How did you, I mean, I won't ask specifics, just, I don't know if you don't want to like call out certain shows or whatever, but like, did you, like, did you feel like at least some of those they paid for themselves or... Was that an investment that's a long-term thing? I'm trying to think because I don't want to I don't want to say this in a way that like makes any other show look bad. Sure, right. I, I would say in the aggregate, everything paid for itself and more. Okay. So yeah. So it was it was well worth it. And I plan to do more of it uh in 2023. That's interesting. So do you have in your head, or not in your head, in written down somewhere? a um i should know the i should know the acronym for this off the top of my head but how much a, a user is worth 
Oh, like the lifetime value, the Thank LTV. You. Yes, LTV. Yeah. There we go, man. LTV. There it is. Yeah. LGTV. Man, we're, we're turning into a real yeah. business podcast here. I know. Look at us. I should go get a Patagonia vest. Ooh, put that on. There you go. With we a gotta nice move out to the valley or Miami. <laughs> yeah, those are the yeah. two options. I think. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Um, yeah. So I. So there's a couple metrics that I track. Um, LTV is not one yet. Mostly because I've only had uh, subscriptions for a year and a half. Right. How could you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's a number there, but I don't. I don't think it's accurate to accurate enough to to really track at this point. So the 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 metrics that I really look at are the monthly recurring revenue, so MMR and ARR annual recurring revenue, and then active subscribers. Like those are the things that I I'm uh, actively looking at daily. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. like a thing that's, you know, a difference with advertising a subscription versus like, I, I feel like I'm playing on easy mode in a lot of these, uh, the little bit of advertising stuff that I mess with, because it's like, there is a literal, very clear fixed dollar amount that each, uh, customer is worth to me and I can pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically up to that number. And I'm at least making money. Have you done ads? Uh, j- I just use the like uh, the App Store ads. Um, oh, how, again, yeah, how's that go? Like, <sighs> okay, so I don't, I don't know. So, like, I okay. just described the situation of, oh, it's easy because I can just set. Okay, my app is nine ninety nine, so you know, fifteen percent off uh, from yeah. Apple's cut, and then you know a little bit because I want some profit margin. So it's like I'm willing to pay. Uh, like seven dollars or something. I don't remember what I have yeah. it set at, but I some amount, and it's like if I if I like make a sale, and that's how they charge for the app store. It's not like they click the link mm. and then you have to get a conversion. It's literally I'm paying for the ad if they download the app. Um, and in my case, them downloading oh. the app is they are paying for the app. That actually makes a lot of sense for you. Yeah. The thing is, I've noticed that I will have uh big spikes in how many sales I get through ads whenever I have big sales in or big spikes in sales from other means. So like if I'm on a podcast uh, or I'm featured on the app store or somebody writes about me in a blog or something, I'll also get a conspicuous spike in ad sales. And I don't understand if it's, I think what's happening is people search dark noise and then a dark noise ad Mm. shows. And so then they click the ad and it's like they were they were my customer already at that point. Um, yeah. But now I just yeah. gave Apple, you know, 60% of, of my, my sale. Yeah. On that. And so I don't know. I haven't done the work to figure out if that is accurate or if that's just, this is my hunch, right? Based on yeah. Yeah. a sudden big <laughs> bill from ads on the same days that I think I've earned a lot of uh, sales on my own. Um, but it certainly yeah. seems like there's that element to it. So, it feels like an easy calculation, but I think I'm actually still overpaying. Like, I don't know if I should be smarter about how I do that or how you avoid that, or if you just yeah. can't avoid that problem. Um, but so you just have that on like all the time, like that. Yeah. So that sponsor there's that like ad. multiple versions of uh, how the app store does their ads, but the, like, I think the one I use is the basic one still. I think I messed, they have it a basic and advanced. Um, but because of my situation being paid up front, having that really simple uh filter of like you can just automatically bid me um and you're gonna do it 
based on, you know, likelihood that the person will click the ad because that makes Apple money. And then, uh, and then that benefits me that benefits Apple. Like it's, it kind of works out, but then there's those couple situations. Like I almost wish I could remove and maybe the advanced ones I could, like if I could remove, uh, the keyword, my actual app name, which funnily, funnily enough, I feel like most developers, that's their complaint is that they have to buy ads for their ad name so that competitors don't do the same. Yeah. But I almost wonder if it's like, if they're searching for my ad name, I have a high intent customer right there. And that customer is yeah. worth way less than ad for that customer's worth way less to me than somebody else because they're probably mm-hmm. already coming for me. Um, and are they mm. really going to get distracted and click on somebody else? I don't know. Maybe they would. Like, I'm throwing a bunch of things out here uh, with no actual research on this. So take none of this as, you know, uh, tried and true advice here. But yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of like work to measure that stuff too. Like, yeah. And- yeah, like you kind of, you kind of like need infrastructure to do that. So that's, I, I forget, um, maybe it's the, uh, sub, do you know the sub club podcast? Yes. Remedy sub cast? club yeah. is great. Uh, cause yeah. they actually know what they're talking about, um, around all these topics. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I forget who the guest was, but he was saying like, oh yeah. Like if you have like a small marketing budget and then like David Bernard, like stopped him and said, can you define small please? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Um, and he's like, oh, like 20,000. And I was like, bro, that ain't small. Ooh, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe for like a relative. bigger company. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, and he was like, yeah, for indie developers, 20 grand to spend on ads is that's a big ask right there. You know, it's um, such like, it's such a scary, even if you, if you figure out one of those magical funnel things where it's like, I put $1 in and I get $2 out. Um, right. It's like, if you have a whole bunch of money that you're willing to lose, then sure, sure. pour $50,000 into that bucket and get a hundred thousand dollars out. But sure. If you don't have $50,000, uh, that you're willing to just throw away if you did something wrong, it's like, that is really scary. Yeah. That's why. I, yeah. And I think the, the podcast stuff is much better. I think another benefit of the podcast stuff, um, sponsorship especially with like the podcast that I did sponsor was uh, I also felt like I've gotten so much value from those podcasts personally. Like I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to do this. Like I am happy to sponsor this because I love these shows and I've been listening for years and it's like, this is great. You know, like I I feel like it's almost like a way of also giving back. It's not charity. I know that, but it's like, that's also like a factor with those things too. And in, so. in, I mean, it, it's kind of like, even though most of the time this isn't what it actually means, the term sponsor, right? Like that's kind of the yeah. idea is like, uh, in a way you're like, I want this to keep going. And also I want to benefit too. And like yeah. this benefits both of us. Um, but yeah, there's a couple shows I have on my radar in the same kind of vein where I'm like, you know, even if it doesn't work out, uh, I just really like the people that run this and this show and yeah, it's meant a lot to me. And so, um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And that's a good reason to pick, you know, a show you like, and I feel like in your case with sofa, especially like your target market has to be not has to be, I'm guessing is the exact type of people like Apple, uh, 
Apple oriented productivity type people who are more likely to be mm-hmm. listening to a daring fireball or connected or something like that um, are yeah. also more likely yeah. to be the type of people who want a dedicated, you know, rich Apple uh, integration type app for tracking their movies and TV shows and podcasts. Yeah. And video games and board games, and video games and books <laughs> and books. I like I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting one. <laughs> Yeah, there might be another one in there, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, it's it's a, I think it's a good fit. Um, and I think like long term, it can definitely expand out, and there can be ways to. It's actually like a weirdly hard product to talk about because if you think I could go super specific and just talk about books, right, or just talk about video games. Or I can go more broad, right? And and say, oh, it's you know, it helps you be more intentional with your downtime and helps you organize your downtime. I love that that phrasing, by the way. You say organizing your downtime, but the the one I really like is the be more intentional about your downtime. No, no, yeah, you're right. It's it that came out of writing the ad copy for the sponsors. Oh, interesting. So, like to me, I've already gotten other benefits out of this where I wouldn't I wouldn't have sat down and wrote any of that stuff without this. So it made me think about the product in different ways. And I've always called it like a downtime organizer, which it is. Um, but yeah, this phrase of like, it helps you be more intentional with your downtime because, hey, however you want to use your downtime is cool, right? Like if you want to just go on YouTube and watch stuff, fine, right? If you want to go for a run, that's cool too. Like wh- whatever, however you want to use your downtime is fine, but just be more intentional about it right? Be, be intentional with like, yeah, I'm going to doom scroll for 20 minutes or an hour. Like, that's fine. If that's what you need, like when we buy bags of Doritos here, like I eat the whole bag because it tastes really good, but I know in an hour it's going to be rough, you know? (laughs) But you made that, you were intentional about it. hundred percent intentional. I knew, like, I'll say to my wife, I'm like, this is a bad idea, but I'm doing it. You know, I feel like this is something probably a lot of people listening to this, uh, if they're also, you know, sort of indie on the side, working on things type people. I know a lot of my friends are the same way where it's like, we struggle with, with relaxing. Um, it's not that we're always productive. It's that when we have time, like I, I know for me, when I'm in a rough spell with dark noise in particular, um, launched is easier because it's editing and doing this is like a, it pulls you through the process, right? Like I don't yeah. have a choice. I, I come out with a thing every other week and it pulls me through, but with dark noise, you have to, you have to show up, like you said earlier and like do mm-hmm. the thing. And sometimes I'm just like work depressed where I'm just like, I know I'm not going to get anything done tonight, but I'm so frustrated that I haven't accomplished anything in the last couple of days. I'll just open my laptop to will myself to do something and I'll just stare at it. Yeah. And then the day will be over and I'm like, I should have played a game or watched an yes. episode of whatever yeah. with my wife, because that's a thing that I enjoy and I'm not doing and instead. I'm yeah. just making myself, you know, feel bad. Oh, it's so hard. And then you get into, and this is where something like sofa really comes into play where you are like, all right, I'm taking the tonight off. And then it feels so precious. Like anybody with, with kids will know this feeling too of like, yeah, uh, you have the night off because grandma has the kids and you're like, all right, 
every single thing we do has to be the best version that we've ever done <laughs> yeah. of this thing. All this pressure. Then, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you can't pick a restaurant and you're like trying to pick the best restaurant and then you spend an hour, you finally pick one, but you're not neither person satisfied with it. And then you yeah. call up and they're like, yeah, we don't have a table because it's already, you know, seven o'clock and you're like, what did I do? Um, and having a list of, hey, these are some movies I want to watch. And I have, I have mm-hmm. two hours I could watch a movie and just pick one from that list. Huh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like the most first world of problems to describe. But my goodness, does it make a big difference? Uh, yeah. Because then you actually do the thing that you wanted to with your downtime. Almost like when, like when you explain it, it's like, that's it. It's like, that's the idea. It's like, yeah, that's it. It's pretty simple. You know, it's like, it's, it's amazing how just keeping a list of something can be a great tool. Cause watching a movie is so much better than scrolling Netflix for the same amount of time that you could have watched the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now blockbuster, that's different. I would argue that the, the time I spent walking up and down the aisles in blockbuster back in the day, that was valuable, oh. intentional time. Right. Dude, that's a great, that's a great like comparison. I never thought about that. But yeah, going to Blockbuster was, that was awesome. That'd be like, yeah, it was a good Friday feeling. night, Saturday night. Like, yes, we're going to Blockbuster. Oh well, my for God. For one, you're yeah. wearing pants, right? You're, you're not in your living room. Uh, <laughs> Wait, are you wearing so pants like, right now? I don't, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the benefit of uh, Zoom, right? I thought this was the no pants podcast. No. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, this is not a uh, Curtis Herbert's show. Um, what was it called? What was the name of it? Uh, yeah, I forget too, but I know what you're talking about. Wow, yeah. I'm struggling. But anyway, no, yeah. I am wearing pants just so we're all clear here. Blockbuster. But yeah, Blockbuster. Blockbuster, good times. Man, <laughs> I know I've said it like three times this episode, but you are really getting <laughs> late night rambling, Charlie. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Make it weird, man. You know, life yeah, is no, short. Just get weird with it. It's good to have these every once in a while. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So podcast sponsorships. Good. Good for lots of yeah. reasons. You feel like the Roy yeah. was good. The EBITDA uh, dud its EBITs. And uh, <laughs> it it was EBITDA all day. Yeah. No. Uh, I, th- I think that's the main thing. I was, are there other things that you do uh, as far as as far as marketing goes? I feel like Sofa has a like it has that presence and maybe this is brand marketing is kind of how it gets there but it's like yeah in my head it's sort of like it is the app for this space that i think of when i think oh i want to track some new thing it's like that's where i go to like think about it um and of course your website is beautiful anybody who hey thanks wants to make a uh like app a website one, prepare yourself. You're not probably, if you're not a designer, you're probably not going to pull off what you've done over probably a long period of time with uh, sofahq.com. But yeah, it's just ripe with uh, ideas you can steal. I'll just say that because I've certainly stolen ideas from it. Oh my God. I've never had an original idea in my life. Like everything <laughs> is stolen, right? Like, you know, you've seen that video, everything's a remix, right? Like that's oh, kind of yeah, old school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's so true. Like you just build on each other, even if you have no idea you're doing that, you know, so it's totally fine. Steal away. You're good. Right. We're talking about generative AI now, right? Um, That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to stop that uh, tangent before I start going down that one. (laughs) Oh, that could be, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a topic. 
that we could go very deep on. It is. Yeah. Well, the last episode was literally about I that. I just listened uh, to that today. Just the other day. Nice. Nice. Yes. I told you I'm a fan of the show, man. It's a good show. I like it. Okay. So before before I wrap up, uh, there's one other little thing I, I had in here, which is like, do you, I guess this is related to marketing. So we'll just say this is part of that same topic. Uh, sure. Do you find yourself like counter positioning to what like the big players in each of these spaces are doing? So like, because like you have movie tracking and there's obviously like IMDb or Letterboxd sure. or something like that. Um, or like Goodreads for books or something like that? Or do you kind of treat it like, no, this is a totally separate thing from those. This is sort of an all-in-one place for all of your stuff. Like, I'm just curious how you approach that. I, I don't want this to sound rude at all. I don't mean this to be rude in any way, shape, or form. But I, I really don't pay attention to those apps. Um, the The person that I have in mind and the person that I am kind of thinking that sofa is really for is the person who is they're already keeping these lists they already do mm. this but they use apple notes right yeah. or reminders and it's like hey that's cool that's cool you're doing that but this is way better this is so this is so much better than that and that's the person that i'm really focused on because i think the the type of like when I think about like the type of app that um, I think Sofa is or or I want it to be aspirationally, I think it's like this weird mix between the kind of like simplicity and the experience of something like Apple Notes, but to have the the power and the flexibility of something like a spreadsheet. And I love spreadsheets like. It, for people who know spreadsheets, like they understand like why people love spreadsheets because they're right. infinitely flexible and you can, you can kind of do anything in there. Like spreadsheets literally run the world. Like the world runs on spreadsheets. It's, it's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. But the experience of like editing those spreadsheets, like it kind of sucks, right? Like you got to set everything up. It's like very tedious. So I'm trying to, I, I think there's this middle ground between like a great design and great experience of using the thing without it feeling like this big intimidating spreadsheet, but it also has a ton of flexibility. Um, so that's really what I'm going for. And there's, there's a lot of people today who track this stuff in spreadsheets too, right? Like, yeah. And like you can go on YouTube, people make these amazing spreadsheets of like, here's all the books I read this year and it has all these stats and stuff. Like it's so, it's amazing. Oh, it's so wow. incredible. Yeah. So I like I I'm more interested in the person who is tracking stuff in Apple Notes today and the person who's like making a custom spreadsheet, right? Like I think those are really interesting. And long term I, I I'd like to to kind of bridge the gap there. Um and I think those other services they're awesome, right? And they're they're for very specific people. Um, but I don't really see sofas like competing with them. I, I yeah. see them as more of like a maybe a companion in different ways, you know? So that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, before, before I wrap this up, then I'll, uh, I'll ask you the question. I ask everybody to end the show, which is what is a person or people out there that have inspired you that you'd recommend others check out? Yeah. I have a list. I have perfect. Five people, five people. Um, 
so first person is uh this this guy's actually he was the original developer on sofa so oliver pfeffer he's just he's an amazing amazing ios developer he's still you know, we're, we're great friends and the amount that i have learned from him over the years is just it's just incredible the dude's super smart and he's one of those people who like is not he's not like um he's not very active on social media like you're not gonna see all these posts from him and stuff like that and there's so many people like that who are just killing it they're just like so good at what they do but they don't oh, necessarily yeah. talk about what they do right um, it's the uh twitter's not real life uh meme yeah, on yeah. twitter uh, <laughs> 100%, yeah 100 percent, right yeah um but i like i've just i've learned so much from him and still continue to learn so much from him so he he's amazing um the next four people are the reason i want to highlight these people are because they are the people i learned the most from when i was first starting out with ios development uh back in 2017. uh so uh meng tu of design mm. and code yeah so he was like the perfect bridge for me because he's a designer and he knew how to explain development concepts to a designer. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, thank you. You now I understand how delegation works, right? Like that makes total sense now. Right. Whereas before I'm like, I have no idea what this even means. Right. Um, so his stuff is amazing design and code. Uh, and he's still doing, doing great work. Um, Mark, Moikens, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but uh, he has a YouTube channel, Big Mountain Studio. I think he does a lot of like Swift UI stuff now, but also someone who has good uh, good way of explaining things to beginners when it comes to iOS development. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are like, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to do iOS development. And these are great people to to like learn from. They have tons of free content out there and stuff. It's amazing uh sean allen is another one he's another one on youtube great stuff first very uh, like literally when i was told that i could switch over to an ios team in 20 well this would have been the end of 2018 and uh i was like this is amazing i'm so excited i need to figure out what any of it is i downloaded xcode went to uh breadco which is panera but st louis here and oh, okay uh, yeah it's called long story. Anyway, <laughs> the very first thing I watched was a Sean Allen video and I don't know why, but it was, it was about whether you should have, it was storyboards versus, uh, Oh yeah. Like, uh, like developing code. What is the word? I, I didn't know what storyboards were or what UI kit was. Well, I probably knew what UI kit was at that point, but like that was the level of, uh, basicness that I had. And that video, like it sounds silly, but it's like it established, yeah that this is a debate in the world and like that it was so helpful uh so yeah also a hard second on sean allen there yeah yeah great stuff and the last one is i mean you've heard this one a million times but like paul hudson just the number of times his site still comes out when like i search Swift yeah. stuff it's just like wild um yeah it just another he just he knows how to explain stuff to people and right. uh yeah so I, I'm just so thankful to all these people because I, you know, Sofa wouldn't exist without them, to be honest. So very, awesome. very, very thankful for that. Yeah. And you're contributing to that uh, sort of broad ecosystem of things, you know, learning, 
watching people work. Uh, like you said, Paul Hudson, I feel like his live streams that he does are, yes. that's the closest I've ever gotten to one the first job I had with iOS. Uh, we did pairing like all the time. And so I got mm. to literally just sit with somebody who actually knew what they were doing and like, Oh, that's awesome. Watch how they moved the cursor around. You know what I mean? Like it's those little things that you just books don't teach you that. Um, wow. And even most tutorials that are trying to teach you about concepts, that's not what they're focused on because like, why would they be? But Paul Hudson's live streams, and I know other people do these too, surprisingly amazing because you're like, what did he just do? And he's like fumble, <laughs> you know, he had a typo or something and then he fixed it this certain yeah. way and you're like, whoa, <laughs> um, that kind of yeah. stuff I feel like is, is super valuable too. Yeah. Learning through video, like, uh, like you're, you're hitting on it. Like so many articles will either you know maybe inadvertently or do it on purpose make assumptions that i don't need to say this thing because this person will know yeah and then you go i feel like i'm missing something here i don't really get it but when you have to watch someone do a video it's harder to for them to just like skip over it like they have to do it so the video stuff is great right well and it's 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 a delicate balance right because it's like when you do know those things it's infuriating sitting through a video of somebody doing that thing but then when you don't <laughs> so it, it's like apple yeah, yeah. like wwdc videos are i feel like the example of video where it's like even when they're typing code like that is so rehearsed to the point of extremism they're, that like uh -huh. you're not going to get any of those things but you also wouldn't want it in that context yeah do you want to go another hour on uh Apple's documentation. <laughs> lack, lack of documentation. No. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think what you meant was uh, hackingwithswift.com. Uh, it's Correct. great. It's a wonderful documentation. Uh, Incredibly well done. <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah, weird thoughts about that. Coming, from, I came from the Microsoft world um, mm, and I used right, to complain yeah. about, yeah. you know, MSDN and their, their documentation and coming over to Apple world. The very first thing was, holy cow, all of the bloggers and third party like people in this space are amazing. Like I've never, like you go to hacking with Swift and at the top it says, uh, you know, this was updated last updated two months ago. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like they update their blog posts. Yeah. Like, what is that? Um, I never experienced that before, but then I, <laughs> I think in part, the reason why maybe is there's a huge, uh, gap when it comes to Apple's documentation itself. Especially if you're doing yeah. the audio APIs or some of these older, maybe less loved areas. Oh, that's a good point. Oh man, I feel like I feel like I like you're sort of digging through history with Apple Docs a lot of times because you open up a page and you're like, oh, this is from this era uh, because it's a totally different design and it looks super weird, and you're like, yeah. this one will actually tell me stuff, but most of it will be out of date, and that's kind of the the balancing act so yeah oh my yeah i'm like i'm trying to uh, resist temptation here ollie uh, a couple years ago i remember i i said something like off the cuff like oh yeah i had to check like uh crash reports in uh app store connect he's like why why are you going why are you doing that you can do it in xcode i was like oh how and he showed me i'm like well how the, how was i gonna find that right like how was i gonna know to go dig into this menu and find the organize uh you know window and then oh that's where i get my crash reports it's like what it just 
Yeah, there's just like so many, and it's very big, right? Which is fine. Yeah, it's huge and old, yeah. you know, in and terms old, of- yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. But there is a uh, the education stuff or just general documentation is uh, it's a little rough for sure. We have a gluttony of options of really high quality and polished uh, stuff from from not Apple. So you know, yeah, uh, agreed. Win some, you lose some. All right, mm-hmm. well, uh, I will. I will actually wrap this up. Thank you to. Uh, for you joining the show and for anybody listening who's uh, listened to me ramble through this this whole way. Uh, selfishly, this has been one of these episodes that I just really enjoy because I have a couple notes even for myself of like, ooh, I should try that after uh, after I get off this call. So, yeah, I I really appreciate you coming on and this was loads of fun. Dude, thanks for having me. That, like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm genuinely honored to be on this. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast since you first started it. Um, I love it. Like it, it's super well done and what you've put together here, I would say pretty quickly, like it has not been a long time that you've been doing this and super high quality, great conversations and being a host on something is hard. It's really hard. And I think you do a great job. So I, Thank you for continuing to do this and thanks for having me on. So I, I think yeah. the only hard part is is convincing smart people to come on and then and then I just get to like poke and let all the smart stuff come out. Uh so yeah. <laughs> so getting somebody like you is the only reason uh this whole thing works. So, so Well, I hope I don't lose you uh subscribers. Hopefully yeah. <laughs> uh hopefully the numbers don't go down. As long yeah. as they stay well, even well, for you. The jury's I'll, out I'll on what your Roy will be, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You should do that. You should post everyone's Roy at the end of <laughs> just shame people, you know, be perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll let you go, but seriously, thanks again. This is, this is so much fun. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. This episode was edited by Jonathan Ruiz. If you'd like to discuss the show, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or tweet the show directly at launched FM. I'd really appreciate a rating or review in your podcast app of choice. And you can find show notes and more at launchedfm.com. <laughs>